0: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys have a nice cup of hot coffee and you're ready for today's slice of daily bread. We're gonna dive into Ephesians 3. Excuse the voice, I am getting over a cold, but it's okay, it's gonna go away very soon. So before I dive into this, I just wanna make a disclaimer that my Bible studies are in no way an exhaustive study, but it's a study over what God has revealed to me. I don't claim that I know everything, and I'm always learning, and I don't think I will fully be able to grasp everything in the Bible. I just felt the need to say that because when I am reading the Word of God, I am, and I'm teaching it, there's a great responsibility because I want to teach it and preach it truthfully. So with everything that I say, I hope that you guys examine it with Scripture. And then you examine what I say is correct. And that way, if I ever make a mistake with with the way that I talk and the way that I word things in this podcast, you'll be able to be like, okay, that's not what she meant. All right? So with that, let's jump into it. So in chapter 3, Paul is... Talking still about the Gentiles in fact we closed off in chapter 2 Talking about the unity of the body of Christ of uh, the Jews and the Gentiles coming together as in one body And so in verse 3 it says the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I have briefly written above this mystery that Paul is talking about is the mystery that Was revealed to Peter in Acts chapter 10 if you flip over there Peter had a vision over a bunch of animals and reptiles coming down. And um, if you want to read it, it's in chapter 10, verse 9 through 15. And basically what happens is they come down in a large sheet from the sky. And the voice is saying, get up, Peter, kill it and eat it. And Peter's like, no, I can't. I, I won't ever touch anything that's unclean and ritually unclean because the Jewish law says uh, there are a list of things that you can and cannot eat. And so that's what Peter is saying. And then the voice says for a second time, what God has made clean, do not call impure. And so he says this three times to mark the importance of it. But what he's referring to is um, just how the Gentiles are brought in this new covenant they are a part of this Um, they get to partake in this amazing gift that Jesus Christ has laid out for us. And so this is what the mystery it's talking about. You read in verse four, it says the mystery of Christ. This is the mystery it's talking about. And so Paul was able to understand this mystery through Peter and this is important to know because in Acts it talks about the very foundational building blocks of Christianity. It's the early Christianity and the Pentecost is there and it just really sets the stone. When I was reading this i just thought it was really interesting because i'm like mystery revelation what is this what is it talking about and and to them it's something completely new in the old testament the jewish people were the chosen people they were set apart Uh, the gentiles had no place in this gift um, in the Old Testament, it prophesized how there would be uh, Jesus Christ who would die for everyone. But in the Old Testament, what they were familiar with is how Jewish were the special people. They were the chosen people. So that's why it refers it to a mystery. Or at least that's how I came to understand it. The Jews and the Gentiles coming together is an absolutely new concept. They were so divide- How How would I say it? They were so divided, um, but now they are able to be in one body. And so it's revealed by the Holy Spirit. In verse 6, it says The Gentiles are co heirs, members of the same body, and partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The best way that I could relate to and understand this passage is to know that this gospel is for everyone. It used to be closed off. The Jews were the chosen people. They felt special, most likely. And if you weren't a Jew, you probably didn't feel special. And you felt like, I'm so left out. I'm so excluded from all of this. But now, in this new covenant, when Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again, everyone is invited to this. Jews and Gentiles alike. And like I talked about in the last podcast, Gentiles could also refer to just those who are unsaved. So this gospel is for everyone. There's so much exciting weight to this because now a new door has been opened where everyone can receive Jesus Christ. They just have to accept. They just have to accept this. This is what Paul is saying. My job is to proclaim this. My job is to let the Gentiles know of this mystery of this gospel. In verse 12, it says, In him we have boldness and confidence, access through faith in him. So then I ask you not to be discouraged over my afflictions on your behalf, for they are your glory. Now, when Paul is writing this letter, he is in his first imprisonment in Rome. And um, he's just telling them not to just not to be discouraged by what's going on, by what's going on to this great figure, this Christian figure that they look up to. They're like, okay, well, he's in prison. What can we do? But he's like, Hey, you guys have the Holy spirit in your heart. In him, we have boldness and confidence. Remember in chapter one, in the video, I talked about how God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, every single one. And When I really think about that, I'm just like, wow, this Holy Spirit that we have, we have full access to God. That is every spiritual blessing. The fact that we have God himself, that we have access to him, that is an immense blessing. And it's not just a blessing. It is every spiritual blessing that we have. And I just need that to just soak into my heart so I understand And I grasp what we have. So we have this confidence and bold access. And I just, I love that because it really pushes me to go to God with everything. It pushes me to go to God with everything that I, even things that I think are insignificant. That's why on uh, verse 14, all the way to the end, Paul writes down this beautiful prayer. He writes down this prayer and I listed off some of the things he prayed for. And he prays for strength of the Holy Spirit. He prays that Christ dwells in our hearts. He prays that they are rooted and established in love. He prays that they can comprehend the love of God and remain in the fullness of Him because He is so great. He prays these big, abundant prayers because we have full access to Him. Because we have the ability to ask these things in Jesus' name the translation of boldness in the greek word um, it basically translates to free speech the ability to freely talk to god in our prayers don't pray small prayers. I want you guys to pray that God will help you love Him more, and pray that God will teach you things, and and pray over your weaknesses. Pray over the others' weaknesses. Pray over unlovely people. Just pray big prayers. And I love it; just encourages me how Paul knows the full access that we have in Jesus Christ, and he prays his big prayer. Um, I'm just going to close off with this verse in verse verse 18. It says, I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the length, the width, height, and the depth of God's love and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. And we all Christians have the Holy spirit, but that doesn't mean we all walk with the fullness of God. And my prayer, and I hope your prayer as well, is that we can walk with the fullness of God in our hearts every single day so that God can use us to the full capacity that he designed and planned to use us for. But if we're not walking by the Spirit and we don't have the fullness of God, then we're limiting our God and what he can do through us with that i'm going to close off this bible study um i'm sorry i hope it was helpful i hope that it is supplemental to your study and that you guys enjoy this bye guys